You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pro Football Hall of Famer and former Buffalo Bill Andre Reed. You're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumbling Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It was a crazy first week of free agency. Well, not crazy. We'll talk about our thoughts on the free agency process. Were we happy with it? Were we not happy with it? Uh, We're going to go through each one of the transactions that's happened, whether someone left for another team or whether they were signed by the Bills or whether they were extended. We're going to go through all of that this week. Um, But first... And foremost, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the western New York or central New York area, head on down the thruway to exit 41, get off the Waterloo exit, and go right over to the DeLago Resort and Casino. Um, It's a great time. Uh, I can't imagine how crazy it must have been for March Madness this past weekend. Um, just with all the upsets and everything going on. I mean, March Madness is a great time, even if you're not a college basketball fan like I'm not. Excited to go there. We're actually, um, I'm taking my wife on a date night there in a few weeks um, to to, uh, go over to the steakhouse there. So we're excited about that. But first, uh, we have a lot of Bill's discussion to talk about. So I'm joined now by my co-host, John. John, uh, first week of free agency. How the heck are you doing? Doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, So let's just get this all out as far as your overall thoughts on free agency, um, I put a t- pull up on Twitter, and the thought was, you know, the f- Bills free agency has been either A, great, B, meh, or C, subpar. So if you were to say great, meh, or subpar, wh- which which uh, category do you fit into as a Bills fan? I would say good. Good, not great. I think I, I think you I think you needed another category. Another <laughs> great and meh. <laughs> Well, I mean, why do you feel like that? This isn't, I, I, in my head at least, real quick, is that the thought of the fan base is they're okay with it, but they're not excited about it, and that might just be coming down from last year's super high expectations. So part is part of us is there's still the letdown of last season, and like, no, oh, we're going through this again. We're losing players, players that we really like, but um, and we know we don't have a ton of money. Like some of that, I feel goes into that but but let me know why you think um 
it's been it's been good for the Bills. Well, it, it's it, if you're one of the the better teams in the NFL, it's almost impossible to be great for for that type of question because you already have really great players, right? Like the the Chiefs and the Bengals, like like all these these Eagles, like free agency, like because they're going to be already they're already really good. So like you're not going to make these huge splash plays to make it to the next level. They're already at the next level. So I, I, I think, I almost think that like great, maybe instead of having great, it should be good. Um, and the reason I think it's good is because they re signed Justin, uh, Jordan Poyer. Like that, that's what makes it good. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go into, so I, I agree with what you're saying when you're, when you're at that level, at the high level of the Buffalo Bills, as far as the talent on their roster, it's hard to go from that to be like, oh my God, like last season, I thought the Bills had a great roster, but then they swung for the fences and got Vaughn Miller. So um, I think we all knew and being said this going into the off season, that there wasn't going to be a splash signing like that. And right now, as of the time we're recording this Sunday evening, that has not happened and we don't expect it will happen with the cap uh, restrictions. But um, I agree. I'm more of the, I think, I don't think it was great, but I think it was how I thought it was going to go. I think they upgraded a couple of positions. I think they downgraded a couple of positions. And I think they have some promising players that, you know, are interesting and uh, we're about to get into. But John, you just mentioned the Jordan Poyer resigning. I was going to ask you what was your favorite, you know, uh, move in free agency thus far, and that and that has to be at yours, and I think at the top of uh, most Bills fans, don't you think? Yeah, most definitely. I'm really happy to see the Poyer uh, Micah Hyde combination for at least another year. I think I think that's going to be huge in trying to continue with this, uh, you know, Super Bowl window that they got going right now. So I think it's great. Yeah, the safety net is back for one more season, and I I think that, and, and I'm with you 100%, Jordan Poyer was my favorite move, um, him getting uh, extended, re-signed, was my favorite move, a two-year extension, it wasn't that bad, I mean, we were looking at, you know, Pro Football Focus's contract uh, extension thoughts, and they were thinking he was going to get two years, eight and a half million per year, and he ended up getting closer to two years you know, six to seven million a year. So uh, it's like six point something million per year. But if he hits bonuses, it goes a little over seven. But still, that's a lower than than uh, what the what the market or what people valued him at. And I think a lot of it had to do with, with age. But at the same point, it's like the age doesn't matter as much when you're re-signing your own guys because he already knows the system. He doesn't have to pick up a whole new system. He doesn't have to learn a whole bunch of new players. Like he knows all of the players on the back on the back seven for the most part and minus Tremaine Edmonds leaving which we'll talk about in a minute um like all those players are the same it's still Taron Johnson in the nickel corner it's still you know either Dane Jackson or Chris or I'm sorry Dane Jackson Kyrie Elam Christian Benford at corner and then Tredavious White on the other side and Mike on the other I mean that's that's consistency which is worth in my opinion every penny when it comes down to that so I think I was happy for the consistency portion of it, and I don't think the age matters as much from that standpoint. Um, he battled a lot of injuries, and I don't think they were age-related injuries. I think they were freak injuries, um, and he battled through it. I mean, he's Buffalo through and through, even though he mentioned on that one podcast that, you know, somebody asked him, if you couldn't stay in Buffalo, where would you like to go? And, you know, we all made a big deal out of it because he's like, ah, it would be nice to go to someplace warm that has less taxes than New York State. It's like, dude, John, as a New York State resident, you know, don't you ever think about stuff like that? Like, I know I think about it every year around this time when it's cold out and there's less sun than ever. Like in the summertime, I love, you know, upstate New York is the one of the best places, 
you know the country to be but like at this time of year it's like yeah you know in my head i'm like it, especially i'm doing taxes right now it'd be nice if there were less taxes <laughs> and it'd be nice if you know it was a little bit warmer you know yeah i mean i, I don't mind the seasons the taxes thing definitely <laughs> i'll think about from time to time um but yeah like the other thing to think about too with the roster is like the the depth at safety right so not only do they get a starter back, but like the depth already isn't great. You're, you're, we're hoping that Demar Hamlin's going to be good to go for next season. But after that, like the right now, Dean Marlowe's a free agent. Jaquan Johnson's a, a free agent. They don't they don't really have much behind them right now at all. Um, so that feels real. Uh, having a starter there feels a huge need. Yeah, absolutely. It fills a, an immediate need, and it gives them depth for at least another year because Micah Hyde is only signed through 2023, and then we'll see if the, he gets extended or if that's the end of the safety net. <laughs> I, uh, I So let's talk about the most disappointing move in free agency, which uh, I think, it, you know, one of the reasons why I thought the Poyer signing was so good is because the Bills lost Tremaine Edmonds, which is something that we discussed, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, last week or the week before, where, you know, we're talking about, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, PFF, I think, knocked out of the park. I think they said four-year, $72 million contract, and that's exactly what he got uh, with the Chicago Bears. Um, again, I really like Tremaine Edmonds. I know some folks loved him. I was not one of those folks. I think that you might be able to upgrade the position, maybe not immediately, but maybe over time. Um, and, you know, Levante David, my guy that I wanted them to resign or to, to sign in general, uh, he went back to the Bucks, so that didn't happen. But uh, I think that was the most disappointing thing for me. Uh, we just talked about consistency and you lose the guy that's been, you know, the captain of the defense for five seasons. And he was a, you know, really good athlete, super young. Uh, and, you know, the Bears are signing him thinking he's going to be as good and he's probably going to get better over the next four years. Um, you know, good for them. They had a ton of cap space to, to work with and they got that guy. Uh, I didn't think he was going to resign with the bills and he didn't, it's disappointing, but you know, and it leaves a huge hole on our defense, but you know, it's, that's what happens when you're this cap strong and you have Josh Allen as your quarterback. You can't resign all your really good players, you know? Yeah. It's really tough. Like on one hand you got, you know, especially this last year, Milano and Edmonds felt like, like a, another Poyer and Hyde really, um, it's tough to see them go, but there's no way they're going to be able to match that offer. Um, and they have so many defensive stars. You know, we could mention Poirier and Hyde, but we got Tredavis White, uh, Matt Milano, uh, Von Miller. You got all these guys. You're, you're not going to be able to keep all of them. Um, and then, of course, uh, obviously Josh Allen on, and Stephon Diggs on the offense. Um, but yeah, like they, they did resign Tyrell Dodson and Tyler Medikavich. They have uh, Terrell Bernard, which was he was a rookie this past year. Um, I don't know if they're going to bring in another free agent or not. I know I mentioned Anthony Walker um, a week or two ago. Um, he's still available, um, but yeah, um, that that'll definitely be um, one of the top two or three needs I think going forward. I'd be surprised if they don't bring in maybe one more veteran option, you know, to compete with Tyrell Dodson and a draft pick, you know, for that other linebackers spot. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, that's John. If you think about it, I would say during the Bean McDermott era, I think that the biggest free agent name to leave the Buffalo bills that the bills have drafted. I'd say that that's Tremaine Edmonds. And I don't think it's particularly close because almost every other player that has been good and influential on this team 
they've re-signed and they've done a really good job of re-signing their own draft picks. I mean, you're thinking about, you know, the 2017 class, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Tredavious White. You know, then you're also talking about, like, like players after that, Josh Allen, Taron Johnson, like all, all these guys that they've drafted and re-signed. Like they've all been like they haven't let go of any really good players, and I think Tremaine Edmonds maybe like I guess you could argue a little bit Harrison Phillips last season, but he was not at the level of Tremaine Edmonds at his own position. So I think this is definitely the biggest loss that the Bills have had, and it was we knew it was going to come, but still, it's the biggest loss that they've had, and it's significant because it's the only one that they've had of this importance. So I think that's why it stings a little bit more, and maybe that's why more people in in the poll didn't give it like a great you know free agency grade because 67% said gave it a meh and then like 16% said great and 17% said subpar so you had most people hovering around the yeah they did exactly what i thought they were going to do you know all right let's go john and i are going to do go uh ever since we talked last week uh we did a free agency primer uh, Mike, John, and I, and I gave a quick spiel on Matt Milano signing a two-year extension to go through 2026, which I kind of saw as the writing on the wall that they weren't going to resign uh, Turbane Edmonds. And, you know, I think it was pretty obvious, and, and it came to fruition. So ever since it happens, I'm going to go over the small ones. Um, and, John, if you want to if you want to jump in, feel free, but I'm just going to kind of list them. Tyler Matikiewicz, you just mentioned, he, he re-signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills, so, of course, special teamer the Bills have uh, gotten back. Um, I, I'd say, John, and, and this kind of goes into the fact that, like, the Bills re-signed punter Sam Martin, um, and it goes into other re-signings that we're going to talk to, but there was a lot of depth being added to the team or like bringing back depth i should say like bringing back either starters or depth on uh, special teams and then some people some pieces to compete on offense it's kind of like the theme of this year's free agency thus far so like tyler Matikavich is one of those core special teamer linebacker depth punter sam martin three year he signs a three-year deal like but it's really you know it's really effectively a one-year commitment that could last as long as three years you know, if, if they wanted to. So another great signing. I, I like Sam Martin, so I like it. He'll probably compete with another free agent or rookie or something like that. So running back Naeem Himes, he reworked his contract. So the Bills saved some cap space. Uh, by doing that, they saved $1.3 million against the cap with him reworking his contract, which we talked about them possibly cutting. But they obviously like him. Him, uh, James Cook, will be on the roster this this next season and uh, potentially a draft pick. Now, John, this was initially my favorite signing for uh, the Bills. Before Jordan Poyer got re-signed, it was uh, Connor McGovern, guard Connor McGovern, coming from uh, the Dallas Cowboys, signed to a three-year deal worth $23 million, uh, which, which is the biggest deal in general, for free agency for the Buffalo Bills. But uh, I like this. I like this pick, uh, this this signing. When you saw that, and now that you've had a chance to think about it, what were your thoughts on this, uh, on Connor McGovern probably being the next starting guard in place of Roger Saffold? Uh, a, l- a little mixed. I-, I do think it's an upgrade. Uh, I think Saffold 
lost uh, a little bit with his age this past year. Um, McGovern isn't that great against the run, uh, but he has been good against the pass. And if we're looking at adding pieces to help Josh Allen, um, I, I think that's a net positive, right? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my thoughts on it. Didn't have a great run blocking grade in 2022. Had a really excellent pass blocking grade in 2022 at left guard. He was 13th among all guards graded. So obviously an upgrade over Roger Saffold in general. And then also, you know, on the pass blocking side, particularly in 2021, he played most of his snaps at left guard too, with some at right guard. And then, um, in 2020, he played 99% of his snaps at right guard. So he played about 10% of his snaps at center in le- in uh, 2022. So you have right guard, left guard, center versatility. Um, but it sounds like at this point, he's going to be starting a left guard uh, for the Buffalo Bills in, in place of Roger Saffold. Uh, I think Bean or McDermott mentioned at this press conference this last week that they prefer him to be left guard and keep Ryan Bates over at right guard. So, you know, it's there's there's things to take from that. Um, he doesn't have a ton of experience. This was his in 2022 was his first season fully starting, um, and there were some really good clips of him. You know, going against some really good defensive tackles like Vita Vey. I think even Aaron Donald at one point. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for this. I'm optimistic. I mean, I was optimistic when we talked about um, <laughs> Roger Saffold coming to the Bills last season, uh, but I think. You know, this guy has a lot more youth than Roger Seffold. I believe Roger Seffold is like 34. I mean, Connor McGovern is only 25. So the Bills have like the interior of their offensive line. They have starter level potential. It's just a matter of, you know, can they get to the next step? Like, would I have loved a guy that was, you know, uh, you know, a Ben Powers or someone like that from the Ravens? Sure. I mean, I don't think we were expecting that. Um, but I, I like this. I like this. This is my second favorite free agent signing uh, for the Bills. One of the other transactions after that is quarterback Case Keenum agreed to a, a two-year deal with the Texans, therefore leaving the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it's kind of inconsequential. I didn't think he'd come back, uh, but uh, there's just confirmation. Cornerback Cam Lewis re-signs for a one-year deal. So adding Cam Lewis back to the roster, more depth pieces in the secondary Tremaine Edmonds agreed to the deal with the Bears, which we mentioned, a four-year, $72 million deal. Uh, Josh Allen and Von Miller restructured their contracts this past week also to free up some more cap space. It's something that uh, you know we kind of mentioned in passing and the guys on the network have mentioned. L- linebacker Tyrell Dodson, which John mentioned earlier, he re-signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. Again, more depth and familiar faces along this. Now, this was something interesting John, is that um, Dane Jackson was officially tendered to a seventh-round tender uh, for the Buffalo Bills at uh, a $2.7 million deal, Um, and he ended up uh, actually uh, signing the tender, and the Bills are keeping him. I I actually like this one, and we talked about this uh, when we were talking about the Bills' unrestricted and restricted free agents coming up. Is that you know two point six seven million dollars or two point seven million dollars rather is kind of cheap for you know veteran cornerback depth that knows a system like do I like it as a starter no I don't really like Dean Jackson as a starter but I like him as a young guy who has familiarity with a system that can start in a pinch and you know be okay for the team 
you know, I think he's maybe even slightly better than Levi Wallace or around that level, which I like Levi Wallace as well. He was just limited. Uh, I liked, I like them uh, placing the tender on Dane Jackson. John, what do you think about that? Yeah, I like it a lot. And uh, I think it makes it, it solidifies the cornerback unit is probably their best depth overall, I would say. You got Tredavious White, Kyer Elam, Taron Johnson plays a lot of nickel. Christian Benford's played well. Cam Lewis, Sarah Neal, Dane Jackson, like all these guys, I, I think that's probably their best unit. Yeah, and you know, I was abs- I was thinking the same thing that you were thinking about this. You know, when you started mentioning all their names, I'm like, wow, this is probably their deepest group. Um, I think this almost takes. I wouldn't say it takes cornerback off the board for the Buffalo Bills. I'd say the Dane Jackson move specifically takes it off of day one or day two as picks for the Buffalo Bills, unless it's amazing defensive back falls to the bills um unless it's a guy that they could see playing safety maybe but i think it almost does because they have all of these options now i mean dane jackson if they keep christian benford at cornerback could be the fourth cornerback on this list um and it's still a good good depth option you know he did start most of the season last season so um i like that move i think it takes quarterback off of the uh off the board for first second and third round pick maybe a fourth round pick or or later we'll see the bills restructured wide receiver stefan Diggs's contract after that to make some more cap space they got about 5.4 million dollars in cap space from that restructure and then this is an interesting pick john so at first i wasn't really excited about it but i think the more i talked about it the more um I thought about it, and the more I read about it, I liked a little bit more. I don't love it, but I like it a little bit more, John. And this is uh, the Bills signed uh, wide receiver slash punt returner slash kick returner, uh, Deontay Hardy, to a two-year, $13.5 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so I'll start with you on this one, John. What, what were your thoughts when, when you heard about it, and, and do you like that that uh, free agent signing? Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's probably one of my lesser favorite signings. Um, I don't, I don't know. The Bills seem to have this fascination with slot receivers and returners, and they don't always work out very well. <laughs> um, examples, you know, McKenzie. Um, uh, yeah, I love McKenzie. Don't get me wrong, um, but he's had drops and/or fumbles at inopportune times, and I and I. I feel like I've heard that Hardy has fumble has had fumbles as well. Oh yeah. Um returner in general for the Bills, they've they've had issues. Uh I know they had Stevenson that one year, um a couple other guys. Like Micah Hyde was like the only guy I would trust to catch a ball as a returner, but you would didn't want him to do that cuz you needed to, you you didn't want him to get hurt cuz you needed him to play safety. <laughs> so um and and then like from the from the slap perspective you got Khalil Shakir, who I like a lot. Um, I know they've they've had success in the past. The guys like Cole Beasley, um, McKenzie's been hit or miss. Um, they, I guess, it, in my head, I was thinking an upgrade opposite of Diggs. Not necessarily. I, I was thinking Shakir's going to take over the slot in my head, right? So, what is what does this mean for Shakir? Um, are they going to roll with Gabe Davis again? I don't know. I I still think they need to bring in another receiver. Oh yeah, um, I I yes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I still think receiver is the number one need. How about that? Yeah, I still think receiver is a huge need even after the signing. I didn't love it at first because it, when I first read it, I, th- I thought of him as only mostly a punt returner, a kick returner, and 
you know, that was after they, you know, re-signed Tyler Matikiewicz and Sam Martin and stuff like that. And I'm just like, why do you guys keep putting so much emphasis on special teams? Not like they're not important, but I'd rather have a wide receiver that could never field a punt. I'd rather just take a fair catch every time than, like, you know, put so much emphasis on punt returning and kick returning. Uh, because in my opinion, like, there's such a small part of the game, you know, unless you're terrible at it or amazing at it one way or the other. But um, you mentioned Isaiah McKenzie having fumble issues. Uh, Dan Fates, uh, which we've interviewed in the past, he's from um, Buffalo Plus. Uh, he meant to say, he, he tweeted this out, which was really interesting. He said, I don't mean to be the fumble guy, but Deontay Hardy has 64 receptions and 15 rushing attempts, 79 touches in his career, and has fumbled the ball nine times. Nine. So, uh, you know, you just have to hope that, you know, that he gets past that issue because it does sound a lot like Isaiah McKenzie. And so I asked uh, one of the uh, folks I've I've really uh, gotten to know and respect a lot on Twitter uh, through social media. He has a great podcast, the Locked in Saints podcast, and that's Ross Jackson. He's at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, and I asked him about the thoughts, you know, just in general. And he says, uh, I asked if he's like, is he underutilized? Is he too injured? Because he did miss most of 2022 with a, uh, I think it was a turf toe injury. And Ross Jackson said, I think both can be true. He's dealt with some injuries throughout, but not necessarily related to his size because he's only five six. He's like a, he's he's basically like Isaiah McKenzie, John. A, a lot like that. So perhaps things get better for him, but he's explosive and still has a lot to offer on the offensive side. Don't look at him as just a returner for sure. So then I I mentioned, um, you know, what about the fumbles? Like, does that stick out in your mind when you think of them? And he's like, oh yeah, ball security was a huge, was a big issue. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's an interesting. We'll see. We'll see what it ends up uh, becoming. But I know. You mentioned, John, that you really liked Isaiah McKenzie. I think, I mean, I liked Isaiah McKenzie, too, as a locker room presence. But I got to be honest, after six years or five or six years or whatever it's been with the Buffalo Bills, like I haven't seen enough to keep him on this roster. And and he did eventually get released. I know we're going to talk about that in a second. But this pick did seem like the writing was on the wall for Isaiah McKenzie to be be let go. Yeah. And I don't know, like maybe they want to do like start – Two slack guys, you know, in a lot of formations, that would be something different. Um, I don't. Know, I thought like last year they would do stuff more more passing plays for James Cook and that or in Naheem Himes for that matter, yeah. but that didn't happen either. So and and look at Dawson Knox. They extended Dawson Knox and they didn't target him as much. So like, I I don't really understand what their philosophy is. It can't just be Allen to Diggs every play. Um, yeah, they, they gotta they gotta make they gotta mix it up. They got guys. It's just, or maybe they don't. Maybe they need more guys. <laughs> I don't understand. So so Deontay uh, Hardy didn't have great stats. I mean, he was he barely played in twenty twenty two. In twenty twenty one, he was he had really great uh, player. Uh, he was third. Uh, he was one of the best in yards per reception in the NFL. He had. Uh, an 87.8 overall grade at wide receiver. Like, that's that's really good at wide receiver. An 86.7 receiving grade, which, you know, when you think slot receiver as an upgrade over Isaiah McKenzie, and mind you, he played both uh, uh, slot and outside receiver in 2021, which was his biggest season. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me get the exact snap counts here. 
So in 2021, he played 35% of his snaps at slot and then 60% of his slot or his snaps uh, at wideout. So he's, John, he's actually not necessarily a slot guy, but we think about that because we think of Isaiah McKenzie and that's where he lined up. Like he could potentially do both. Now, how often do you want a five foot six, you know, boundary receiver? Maybe not all the time. But he can line up like this. This might be that, you know, joystick kind of movable weapon that the Bills have always been looking for. And uh, I think he brings some versatility, especially with the returning ability. He's fast as all hell. I think he's faster than um, even uh, Isaiah McKenzie. And so, like, you've upgraded a kick returner or at least punt returner, and you've potentially upgraded, a, you know, slot or, you know, versatility wide receiver wide receiver four i think is what the bills called him so i don't think they necessarily even named him as uh you know slot receiver or boundary receiver he's just like you know he play wherever wherever they need him to like when they have four wideouts and uh, i don't know i'm kind of excited the more the more i think about it the more i've talked myself into being excited for this signing so we'll see i mean we yeah, talked i wonder i wonder if like part of my thinking is i'm i'm not sure how to feel about dorsey and in, in like what his plan is ultimately yeah that's a big question mark that we can't really quantify through free agency or after until the season starts right like i love that that you brought up the we thought we'd see more you know running back uh passes like i think that was something that was severely missing from dable's offense and we didn't see them that much this year you know with with ken dorsey at the helm and you have all these players that can take passes out of the backfield and they never gave that was one of cook's that was one of Cook's biggest strengths. Like when they drafted him, it's like, oh, he's a receiving running back, right? Yeah. And they didn't do it. They and then, said Knox. They did, they don't throw it to him. Like I don't understand. <laughs> it's like with with James Cook, it was like, well, they don't want to rely on him, right? That's why they brought in Naeem Hines because you know they they don't want to rely on just James Cook. Okay, so you have a veteran version. They didn't of throw James it to Cook. Hines and either. They, <laughs> they didn't do it with him either. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we doing here, Dorsey? doors ken and uh so yeah that's uh that was i was one of the more interesting signings i i like it for now but i think i'm still thinking about it like a fan we knew when we talked about this like last week i believe we talked about wide receivers we didn't think the bills were in the market for a big name like jacoby myers or whatever um and we weren't really in love with this class anyway so we thought it would be more of a deal like a McCole Hardman or something like that and i think that's kind of they just got their own specific version of that kind of receiver that doesn't have a ton of experience but you know has some Maybe promise they still get Beckham. they could still get Beckham. they have about i want to say 7 million dollars or so after the McKenzie cut uh which that, were about that's to enough t- to sign draft picks <laughs> yeah I but don't get about what they need <laughs> they they, so they sign make some other move <laughs> <laughs> they sign obj so they have to like trade away all their draft picks this season so they can afford their roster yeah that was the next sign so bills released isaiah mckenzie uh, we kind of touched on that but uh you know he's a good story he's been with the team since 2018 um just didn't do enough and they gave him chance after chance he he would earn it in training camp and then it just couldn't show up when it mattered and i think that's just he was very easily tackleable if that's a word uh he wasn't big he just i don't know 
he had all the promise. He just couldn't put it all together. Great locker room presence. He was, I, we heard some great stories. I saw, I think it was Elena Getzberg was talking about him over Twitter and saying that, you know, they were just talking non-football and, uh, McKenzie was like, do you need to talk to one of the guys? I'll bring them over for you, which it doesn't sound like is very common in the media, which makes sense. Like he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Uh, it just didn't work out. So we mentioned the bills actually re-signed uh, Dane Jackson um, after the tender. They released Isaiah McKenzie, which is kind of, so that's the last of the, of the moves uh, through free agency. But um What's interesting, it's kind of funny. I know we were just talking about how cool Isaiah McKenzie is. It's kind of funny because uh, he was mentioning, like, you know, BBB. He's like, "Let's, what's going on? Time's ticking. Like, he did that over Twitter. And then, like, two days later, he's like, oh, it's kind of like, man, I don't know if you should be talking about this this year. <laughs> it's, maybe we shouldn't say anything at all, you know. Um, but we'll miss him. <laughs> We'll miss him. So that was the last uh, signing, John. So um, overall, you know, we gave our thoughts. There are several unsigned Bills free agents uh, left over. We have Devin Singletary that hasn't signed with the team, Taiwan Jones, Jamison Crowder, Jake Kumaro, Tommy Sweeney, tight end Tommy Sweeney, offensive tackle David Questenberry, offensive tackle Bobby Hart. I think you said Justin Murray just got signed. So... Um, Roger Saffold is still out there at guard. Greg Van Roden at guard is out there. Shaq Lawson at end. Jordan Phillips at defensive tackle. AJ Klein at linebacker. Dean Marlowe at safety and Jaquan Johnson at safety. All of those guys are still free agents unsigned from the Buffalo Bills. If you could pick one of the players from that list of like 12 or whatever it is, which one of those players would you bring back and why? That's tough. All right. Um... Let's see, I kind of narrowed it down to three already. Okay. Um, I would probably lean... Well, I don't know. My 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 first leaning is Shaq Lawson. Okay. Uh, I think he's... Um, it's a good one. You know, he's 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 been pretty, you know, solid against the run. You know, um, he's not going to, you know, get a lot of sacks or anything. But he's a good rotational guy. Um, good depth. Um, my other thought was Dean Marlowe. Uh, I thought he played well when he filled in last year when they had all the safety injuries. Did that big interception um, against the Dolphins and, in the playoff game? Yeah, and, and and they also don't have a lot of depth at safety anyway, so mm-hmm. that would help. And then along the same lines with linebacker, um, they do have some depth, um, just maybe not. It, they have a lot of unknown as far as who might emerge as the uh, the number two next to Milano, but maybe A.J. Klein potentially. Mm-hmm. So would you say yeah, Shaq Lawson is your I would say is your favorite? I, I um yeah, I'd, I'd go I go I go Lawson. So I I like those picks that you had. I think I think my list and I'll give my final right after this is Devin Singletary. I liked him. Um I'm not going to choose him because I think they could upgrade at the position with some of the free na- free agent names that are out there. Like for example, I mean, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Jarek McKinnon. Like these are these are names of guys that could potentially be better than um Devin Singletary, Latavius Murray, uh J uh, not JD McKissick, <laughs> Kenyon Drake, you know, Justin Jackson. Like there's Forget guys- all the for, forget forget all those guys. They'll they can draft somebody in the second half of the draft or an undrafted guy. Yeah. Dime a dozen. Forget <laughs> it. I, I love Singletary. I love Singletary. Great great pass blocker. Uh he was 
he, he actually had a lot of good catches um, in uh, for tough yards uh, over the last season or two, too. And very efficient, good yards per carry. Love him. But I wouldn't spend a lot on running back. No, me either. Even if it's even if it's for four or five million, like they're already cap strapped, right? Just draft a guy on day two or three, or undrafted. You know, like they have Cook. You know, you know that he can run, he can catch. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he needs to work on pass blocking, but I mean, they got Hines. Like you know, he can't have everything. Yeah, with with that, like you mentioned, they have like two similarly characteristically similar running backs in James Cook and uh, Naeem Hines. And I, I keep on saying it the wrong, Naeem Hines. And, like, if you think about it, John, like, Devin Singletary isn't the opposite of those guys. Um, he's more opposite of those guys, but, like, I'm thinking, like, it sounds like they want a bigger running back than Devin Singletary is. You know, like, more of a plotter. Maybe that can also catch, maybe. But, like, you know, I don't know. You can't say Derrick Henry because he's kind of a unicorn at his position. But, you know, a guy that has, that could be bigger, that maybe isn't as versatile. And I think that you can get those guys at day three or undrafted um, in the draft this season. I think that they exist. You know, maybe you don't rely on him for more than, you know, five to six touches per game, you know, and maybe they're just short yardage at first and uh, and they go from there. But I think that there's there's options there. And I like the way that you're saying. So, so not Devin Singletary. I do like him. He's one of my favorites on this list, but I, I don't necessarily want him. Shaq Lawson is on my list. I like Shaq Lawson a lot as a rotational piece. For all the areas you mentioned, Dean Marlowe is a good pick too. Um, I just think he's a little long in the tooth, but he does have that positional um, awareness and uh, experience within you know Sean McDermott's system for all those seasons. I love Jaquan Johnson. He just I was really hoping he would show up this season with Micah Hyde going down. He was my favorite backup for like three seasons straight, and uh, he just didn't do much with his choice. But I'm actually going to go defensive tackle Jordan Phillips. When he was healthy, um, I'd say he was playing almost at the level of Ed Oliver for a lot less money and a lot less recognition. And he just ended up, you know, barely hurting himself on that one play where he, you know, ran and fell on his shoulder, and he wasn't the same sense the rest of the season. But before that injury, John, well, even when Ed Oliver was out, I thought he looked tremendous. And I remember thinking, you know, I think it was either the first or second game of the season, it was either against the Rams or the Titans. Like, like this dude is, he's, the Bills have legit depth at defensive tackle, and he was the reason why I thought that. Um, I loved the Daquan Jones, you know, signing from the season ago. Um, I thought Jordan Phillips looked great next to him uh, when Ed Oliver was out and even as a rotational piece before he got injured. If Jordan Phillips is healthy and you can get him at a decent price, um, he's probably only a one-year signing, so that doesn't help for depth past this season. But uh, I like Jordan Phillips. I think they're going to end up drafting someone um, to take over because Tim Settle uh, restructured his contract, so you know he'll be here until uh, after this season, or at least this season. So I think I'm going to go Jordan Phillips. I'm a Jordan Phillips guy. I mean, I like his attitude, uh, and I think he, he played really well. So, John, that does it for uh, free agency. Well, I, I just, I, Go ahead. I, I just, uh, just to, real quick, I, I don't mean to criticize, but uh, you mentioned uh, when you were going through the names there, uh, Dean Marlowe, Long in the Tooth. Um, I believe Jordan Phillips is a few months older than Marlowe. And uh, also considering that Marlowe is a safety, and we were both speaking very highly of Jordan Poirier, who's two years older, 
uh, I just you know just wanted to point all that out. Uh, is 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 you know. uh, Poyer <laughs> older than Marlo? Yeah, po- Poyer's about to turn thirty-two. Marlo's thirty. Oh, okay. F- Phillips is thirty, but I think a couple of months older than Marlo still. Okay. <laughs> right, he's a so, you know. Yeah, uh, all right. Along in the tooth comment to dismiss Marlo. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, I didn't think anyone would actually do any research while I was <laughs> while I was reading that off or saying that. Okay, so I do like Marlo. Um, he wouldn't be my first choice, but I like him as a rotational depth piece, right? So uh, I think I still lean. I mean, if you look at uh, Jordan Phillips, his his uh, grades in PFF, like he had a ninety pressure rating. He had a seventy-one point two rush defense rating. Um, I mean, he was he was good. I mean, there's some red in there from the middle of the season after he got injured, but I think it was against chasing after Patrick Mahomes. But other than that, I mean, he he wasn't great, but he was solid. So uh, yeah, Marlowe, I mean, I kind of put Marlowe, Jaquan Johnson, those guys into the same bucket. So yeah, okay with that. So John, this so we'll next week we'll go over the other free agent signings. Imagine they're gonna. I don't. I can't see them cutting anyone, but who knows? I, you never know. Um, we'll talk about those signings, and then we're going to restructure our top needs list because that's going to basically dictate how we go into the draft this season. We're about a month, month and five weeks away from the draft, so uh, this will be a great opportunity once we go through and we say exactly what our top four or five needs are. That's how we're going to base our draft picks for... Uh, our mock drafts that we do live on the uh, podcast um, for the the prospects that we're going to talk about from here on out. So that kind of sets the tone for everything. We're going to reshuffle those needs, and it's going to base everything that we do uh, in free agency and going forward for the Buffalo Bills because we know Brandon Bean likes to draft based on need, uh, not just based on uh, who he likes there, although he does that too. But it mostly has to do with a need that he either sees as like the primary need or one of those secondary or tertiary needs. So, uh, yeah, yeah, John, is there anything else that you want to add that I might have missed uh, in talking about this first week of free agency? Oh yeah, the only other thing is, uh, so we talked about Beckham and, and the rumors there. Um, at least I think we did. <laughs> um, I also saw rumors that the Bills might be interested in Puna Ford, um, defensive lineman from Seattle. Um, he's played he's played nose tackle, defensive tackle, um, so something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know what you know how much that might cost, but another option there. Yeah, it would be it would be very interesting to talk about um, at least Odell Beckham. I don't know enough about Ford, but Odell Beckham Jr. If he's a Buffalo Bill by the time we're talking next week, because you know we have wide receiver is still one of our biggest needs, even though they signed Deontay Hardy. I don't think any of us thought that like this is a guy that can legit compete with Gabriel Davis as your wide receiver number two and that's what we mostly had in mind you know either a star slot receiver or a boundary receiver that can compete with Gabriel Davis and we don't have that yet Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Odell Beckham Jr. comes in then all of a sudden you're talking about knocking that need on our list of needs going into the draft like I'd say four or five spots down uh it's not it's no longer a primary need anymore it's going to be you know whereas like if they if they have odell beckham jr stefan Diggs, gabriel davis deontay hardy khalil shakir and then they end up drafting one on day one you're kind of like what are you doing <laughs> you know like the, what's going on here i don't think that'll happen i don't see them drafting or uh signing odell beckham jr i don't think they can afford him i think there'll be a team that outbids him 
upids the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but it'd be a fun thing to talk about. Would love to have it. Maybe, but he's also hasn't been signed yet, right? And that that was the whole thing with Poyer, right? Like it was like a day into it, and even during the legal tampering period, you didn't hear anything about Poyer. And then all of a sudden, it's like you know what? The Butcher Bills get Poyer back, and then the next day they did. And look at Beckham. Nobody's he'd be on a team if they were going to pay him. Yeah. Every day that goes by, his price goes down. Exactly. Exactly. So this is only good for the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they get him on a one-year, five million dollar deal or something like that. You know, if you yeah. if you're getting offered that, I mean, if you're just think about it, if you're all get, if you're getting offers around six million dollars or five million dollars average, and once for three years, once for two years, once for one year, and you have a one year offer from Josh Allen, wouldn't you rather take that over a two year, you know, ten million dollar deal from, I don't know, a team with a crappy quarterback, because at least that one year deal could turn into you know a big contract after this one year if he shows up really well with Josh Allen, it'd be a smart yeah. play. But yeah, I, that's that's great logic, John. I think you're you're probably right there. Poyer's market went I think, down. I think I think he I, the other thing too is he might be holding out for like a long term thing because like th- I think that was one of the sticking points at least during the season. I don't know if it was all like hyping himself up and everything, but that's going to be hard for other teams with like the injury and everything to commit that much. Um, he he might only be able to get a, a one year deal, maybe two somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long in the tooth. How old is uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? 30. Okay. That's not bad for a wide receiver, though. No. It's just the injury. Which that's was like, an ACL tear game. in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay. Was so, he injured before that, too? Or was that the only injury? I think that's the only major injury. Yeah. Which is a you know it's a huge injury. He, we, we saw with Travis White, it takes at least a year to come back. So, yeah. you know, this... This next we'll trade, Va- we'll see about Von Miller too, right? Like I don't know about yeah. September. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, maybe, and that's... maybe that pushes up defensive end a little bit on the, on the board. <laughs> I know, Jack it. Lawson. <laughs> I know. Well, what's funny is you know I've mentioned this before we started recording, but you know I've been doing some mock drafts, and you know there are some edge defenders that fall to the Bills at twenty-seven. And my first instinct is there's no way the Bills are going to take one. But if you think about the the fact that Epinesa has gone after this season, if you think about Von Miller being out at least till Thanksgiving or so, I mean, why wouldn't you even entertain it? It's possible that being, I mean, he loves his defensive linemen in the first round. So first, second round. Yes. Cause he, he keeps missing on them. So he has to keep crashing them. <laughs> if, you keep, if you keep missing on everyone, you got to keep swinging at it to hope that you hit one out of the park. I mean, eventually outside of Josh, outside of Josh Allen, have they drafted any guys in the first round recently? That that have hit, uh, or, at all, John at all. So Greg Rousseau, because they lost the pick after you know they traded it for Diggs for uh, to the Vikings. So then they had Epinesa that draft in the second round. Then the next year they had Greg Rousseau in the first round, which I think is still a hit uh, for where they picked him. Ed Oliver still not excited about that pick yet, uh, and I don't think I necessarily will be after this season. Uh, and then you know Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam had a had a good end of the season last season, so we'll see where he stands after this year. But he's he hasn't. I think he he's less likely to hit on a second round pick than a first round pick. But um, varied results for sure. Yeah. So wait, I think I got it here. The last time the Bills drafted an offensive player in the first round that wasn't Josh Allen was Sammy Watkins. Really. So all the way back to 2014. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, so I don't know if that means that we're due <laughs> or it's unlikely that it happened. And, and, and even even the years that they didn't have a first-round pick, their first pick in the second round was a defensive player. Ronald Darby and then um, Epinesa. Mm-hmm. So all all defense for their first picks, except for Allen and then Watkins was the last one. Well, you know, at least with the – we were just talking about the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they have five or six all pros on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, how many do they have on the offensive side? Just, you know, I don't think Josh Allen's even the, been named the, all pro. The thing, it's it's hard to be great or even really good on both offense and defense in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. You have Josh Allen. Like, just surround him with guys so that you can just outscore your opponent, which is what the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Eagles are doing right now, right? Like – the Eagles had the best defensive line in football. Like they had like one of the best sack, you know, seasons large, of all time. By a lot, top, like, top yeah. three. Yeah, right. And didn't get any sacks in the Super Bowl. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. You got like it, everything's geared towards offense. Focus. They have the quarterback. They have the quarterback. Give him everything he needs. Screw the defense. I don't. I'm not saying like, all right, don't screw the defense. But like, an average defense is okay. If they score in every offensive possession, does it matter though? Right? No. <laughs> it's I. I'm, I'm glad you reiterated that because I kind of came away with, well, you know, middle maybe middle linebackers one of their biggest needs, but it's really not. They should view this Connor McGovern signing and re-signing Ike Butker and all that as like depth plan that you can always get better at almost all positions. We really, maybe even left tackle and center. Like, don't look at the draft as just you know, filling in the needs of like middle linebacker or safety depth or whatever, like look at it as like we could get a starting receiver potentially even better than Stefan Diggs. Like you have to think that way. You can't think that that's marked off my list. It's done. Like we won't, we won't go after one of those guys on day one because of Josh Allen, because of everything that you just mentioned, you have the franchise quarterback, give him every opportunity. And that's what, let me just think about what the Kansas City Chiefs did for uh, Patrick Mahomes minus Getting, they basically traded away Tyreek Hill for a bunch of offensive linemen to protect him. And, you know, their secondary, I believe their entire starting secondary were rookies in the Super Bowl. But it didn't matter because, like you said, the Eagles defensive line, who had one of the best, sac- like you said, top three in the, in the NFL in history, they could not get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes and they couldn't take him down. And it didn't matter because they had such a good offensive lineman. Creed Humphrey, a guy that they passed up on, the Bills passed up on for, you know, Boogie Basham, who can't even see the field, but whatever. I'm not bitter about that. But yeah, that's that thought process to think like defensive line as opposed to thinking protecting your quarterback, like doing just enough to protect him just above the bare minimum is not good enough. Well, this pot- yeah, that's why I still I still think their top two needs are receiver and offensive line, even though they already got one of each in free agency. Maybe when Those we are still the top two needs. Maybe when we start start doing mock drafts, we should do it based on what we think the Bills will do and what we would do. So each week when we get into the actual, and it's not going to be for a couple of weeks, but like when we do the actual mock drafts here on the episode, we think. The first one will be, what do we think Bean will do? <laughs> and the second will be, what would we do if we had our way, which we know probably won't be what Bean does, but you know, we could, we could play out both scenarios and have fun with it. Bean will take the best linebacker safety available. <laughs> yes. Probably linebacker. Probably linebacker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, John. Well, this has been a lot of fun, um, you know, talking 
with the, I'm glad you brought up OBJ and everything like that. Just to remind everyone, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, like I mentioned, head on over to Waterloo, New York, and check out the Delago Resort and Casino. Uh, there's a ton of great things there, from the food, the gambling, the sportsbook. Um, it's just it's just a great experience in general. Um, can't wait to go there in a in a weekend or two uh, with my wife. It's going to be a fun time. Um, we also have our T Public site or T Public Bill store is on sale. The links in the show notes. Uh, I think t-shirts are all $16. We have, I believe it's over a hundred bills designs now too. Everything from the Juggernauts to Matt, the missile Milano, uh, like five or 10 or 15 different Josh Allen shirts and then generic bills shirts. Like there's a lot of cool stuff, uh, there if you're a bills fan. So hope you guys all enjoy that. Uh, John signing off for you until we talk team needs and any other free agency news next week. Go bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Looking forward to talking to you guys next week. We'll see you later. for listening to the circling the wagons podcast download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service email us at ctwpod at gmail.com that's charlie tango whiskey pod at gmail.com follow us on facebook and twitter at ctwpod and most importantly go bills nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills mate. <laughs>